between prepping ingredients, setting the table, and planning your tomorrow. Sometimes you need an extra hand with dinner. Delta Faucet is here to help. Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot with Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology and fill it with the perfect amount of water. Done. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to see how Voice IQ can fill your dog's bowl, wash your hands, and more. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee. Ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. And welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and today detailing for you the Raptors' latest loss. Their third loss in a row, actually, a three-game losing streak against the 76ers, losing 110 to 104. The game was actually not as close as six points. It was uh, a bit more far apart for most of the game. It was a horrid comeback at the end from the Raptors where they played full-court pressure against the 76ers. Got some turnovers, hit a few shots, but for the most part, the Raptors were trailing around 10 to 20 points in a lot of this game, and there was a lot of uninspired offense and defense that was played by the Raptors, and that's that's pretty much what got them in that hole. Starting in the first quarter, just to name one thing, well, two things is that Pascal Siakam on offense, not getting the ball while in motion, trying to create as a stagnant offense against a set 76ers defense, a very big 76ers defense. This flies in the face of how the Raptors used him to attack the last time they played the 76ers when they went on that 13-2 run to steal the game away from the 76ers in Scotiabank Arena. There's lots of motion for Siakam. He was able to attack a lot of different players. He got a lot of different looks and was able to capitalize. That was a great thing to see. I thought it was one of his most mature games as a star because it was against a really good defense and it was him creating in a lot of different ways passing well stretching and manipulating the 76ers defense in this one nothing of the sort it seemed like Nick Nurse's game plan or Pascal Siakam I'm not sure who's making the decision on this part but there was a lack of creativity pretty much just posting him on the left side of the court seeing if he could create against one of Simmons or Harris Embiid Horford, one of those big guys who also have help defense in the fa- in the fashion of one of those other big guys waiting in the wings. So pretty difficult for Siakam to score against those types of uh, defenses because they're geared to stopping him. He is the star of the Toronto Raptors now. I love Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry's fantastic. But it is Pascal Siakam who's going to be putting in 25 points per game, roughly around that, leading the team in scoring. And we know how fandom... And pundits respond to that. He's the guy. Also, the 76ers understand that. They were geared to stop Pascal. And it was a very uninspired game plan or performance. A melding of the two. 
that had the Raptors looking very, very uh, disappointing offensively. And defensively, Siakam actually had a bad start to the game with maybe providing Tobias Harris with too much space. If you crowd Tobias Harris, he's not an exceptional dribbler. Even when he was on the Clippers before he got traded to the 76ers, they tried to use him in a bunch of pick and rolls. That didn't work out that well for him. And the 76ers, as we saw in the playoffs last year, a large part of his career, that's a tough position for him to be in. He operates way better in space, whether it's him getting to start going downhill or whether he's going to take the jump shot. And Siakam afforded him the space and gave him space, and that helped the 76ers open up the game in a better way offensively than maybe they would have if the defense was better, the initial defense from Siakam, because Harris did sustain the 76ers offensively and the Raptors maybe passing up an opportunity to open up a lead and to break the game open. Their offense dried up. The 76ers really made a run at the end of the first quarter. The Raptors, of course, had a couple threes, Lowry hitting one after a drag screen. Things that we like to see, things that have been a part of the Raptors' offense for ever since Lowry joined the team. But the offense did dry up. The 76ers did turn things around the last six minutes of the first quarter going on a 17-8 run. It was 27-22 after the first, and it felt like the Raptors maybe had squandered an opportunity because the 76ers weren't hitting their shots really early. It was just Tobias Harris. The contributions of Lowry and Ananobi weren't enough. The 76ers eventually started making the Raptors pay for some overzealous doubling defensively. That happened at the end of the first quarter. It also happened at the end of the second quarter. The Raptors, for what it's worth, did make a bit of a run at the start of the second quarter. They started playing a little bit better, but that fell apart pretty quickly. The end of the second quarter was a huge run. The 76ers bench units had a lot of success when they had to seize Tybull in the game. It really did add an extra layer of defensive grit and length to the 76ers defense it really helped them jumpstart their transition offense and that was obviously a boon for Ben Simmons as he finished with 16 11 and 9 which isn't an outstanding thing for him but is definitely a good game the guy shot 8 for 11 I think he had three or four dunks was pretty much didn't have to change or adapt his offense very much was able to drive to the rim when he felt that he needed it he was finding the gaps in the Raptors defense and for the most part when the Raptors were doubling on the strong side the 76ers did a good job of passing around them it's been a trend the past couple games where the Raptors have not been able to catch up to the ball on closeouts and other teams have been passing around them it's been interesting after seeing the Raptors play so well on defense and execute that scheme so well against a a multitude of different teams, a multitude of different players, to see it not catch up. Now, right after Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka's reinsertion into the lineup, a little disappointing, but also makes you feel like there is a brighter side to this because everybody and their mom knows the Raptors are definitively better with Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka. So you know things are going to get better, and that is the bright side of this, but the Raptors right now played a few good teams in a row three-game losing streak have to figure some things out defensively and definitely offensively Fred Van Vliet also exited the game in the second quarter Uh, Blake Murphy reported that he did have the knee contusion against the heat the Raptors looked at it and they decided they were going to give it a try for this game 
it didn't respond well, so that's why he left the game. I'm not sure what his timetable is to get back right now, but that that's what happened tonight. So the initial knee contusion happened against the Heat, and for this, it I guess the Raptors were just seeing how things would go, and it obviously didn't go very well for Van Vliet as he left the game. The bright side was definitely OG Ananobi, who in the first half I thought did a good job of trying to make sure he was dangerous on the weak side as a shooter and as a cutter, and that meant that he was... He was providing a lot of great looks to the Raptors' offense, capitalizing on some of them, and I was really happy. The Raptors ran him off a couple curls to get him going downhill. His touch is improving at the rim. His balance is improving when he's doing either a Euro step or a spin, and he's just way more composed when he's getting to the bucket. And for a guy who's that strong, that athletic, composure is everything because composure allows you to enact your athleticism and your balance on defenders because it allows you to enact that athleticism and balance on defenders who can't match you in those categories. If they're more balanced, maybe they can fend off your athleticism. But if you're just as balanced as they are, as you're just as under control as they are, you can let your athleticism take you over the top. And OG developing in this way, attacking the rim and being able to shoot from the outside, very, very important steps. And I thought he played really good defense as well. Kyle Lowry being able to inject some offense through drag screens, being able to, his hesitations, man, the way he was able to get into the paint, there was at one point he just completely shouldered Corkmaz under the rim and had a finger roll. Both of them were the highlights of the first half, and obviously Gasol with a couple fouls early that allowed the 76ers to get Embiid a few minutes away from Gasol, but Gasol's defense on Embiid was... Very, very great. I mean, there he does such a fantastic job on him. And that's basically, those three things are the highlights of the first half. The third quarter was more trouble for the Raptors, quite honestly. Another quarter that they lost. In fact, they only won one quarter in this game. But it was largely based on the fact that the Raptors, some sloppy turnovers, allowing the 76ers to get out and run. And oftentimes were doing that when they were trying to make a run of their own. And just momentum-stopping plays and the Raptors not being able to create against a set 76ers defense. As I said earlier, Norm Powell came into the starting lineup for the second half in place of Fred Van Vliet. He did not play very well there. I thought maybe he would because he's been doing really well as a tertiary option lately. He's He's been good. And so I thought that maybe the same way that OG Ananobi was able to feast on the weak side, we might see something from Norm Powell in that fashion. But that wasn't really the case tonight. He wasn't super sharp. And when the Raptors have guys who are just being ball movers and nobody's getting downhill, that's when guys like Serge Ibaka, guys like Norman Powell, guys like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, they become lesser versions of themselves in a lot of ways because... Serge Ibaka needs to be able to get going in the pick and roll. He needs to be able to hit his mid-range jumper. He needs to be able to get to the short roll or dive all the way to the rim. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, he needs guys to attract the defense, to come up to them, maybe a few steps out of the paint, maybe just above the restricted area, and he needs to sneak into the dunker spot. He was able to do that a couple times, and I thought that OG Ananobi, once again, as a bright spot, found him twice. Kyle Lowry, I thought, had a really nice feed to him. But on for the most part, the Raptors weren't able to do that very much. And as well as Norm Powell, 
if he's going to wait on the weak side, that ball needs to get to him and needs to get to him in a fashion that the closeout isn't changing his jump shot, that he can line it up and be the 40% plus three-point shooter that he is without being bothered. The Raptors needed to manipulate and change the 76ers' defense more. And there was certainly a gaping hole in that respect and a hole the size of Pascal Siakam because he wasn't able to demand change and manipulation from the 76ers' defense. They were able to guard him straight up most of the time because the looks he was getting and the attempts he he was taking were largely, they were mundane, they were whatever, they were blah, and he wasn't able to to create anything for the Raptors. And the Raptors, not having a ton of guys who create, really lean on guys like Siakam and Lowry. And Lowry, for his part, I thought was helter-skelter and very, very active trying to get things going, but not as much as a passer as he usually is. And I think that's because he was trying to hunt for fouls and he was trying to create his own offense and he did a good job of that it's just not that many looks were created for the Raptors tertiary and secondary options that you know it's no wonder that the offense stalled out it's no wonder they barely got over 100 points and I don't think 104 points reflects the offense that was played in this game and to skip to the fourth quarter that's basically this game the Raptors lost by six points but this was a 20 point loss The Raptors were never going to win this game. There was a lot of crazy stuff that happened at the end. The Raptors played an insane level of full-court pressure against the 76ers, and they got some shots, but it inflated what was a really, really bad offensive night. And 104 points isn't even impressive, but the Raptors inflated an even worse performance into that. And it's not bad to inflate it. It's not bad to try at the end. That's good. I'm just saying for the people watching or listening, who didn't get to see the game, 104 points is not a reflection of a consistent Raptors offense that worked its way to 104 points. It was a crazy type of of end-of-game scenario where they just piled on a bunch of points at the end, and their, their offense was actually much worse than 104 points indicates. And the game was farther apart than six points indicates. And the Raptors, they won the last quarter by 12 points, they got beat pretty bad tonight, and it's it's not the end of the world. The sky isn't falling. The Raptors, they're going to figure it out. Serge Ibaka is obviously going to play really well when Kyle Lowry is playing really well as a creator, when Fred Van Vliet is healthy again, because Van Vliet and Ibaka were starting to show more promise as a pick-and-roll pairing. When Siakam is able to draw two guys in the post or get some switches, an attack for his own offense without relying on others to create for him. When he gets to go back to the role of being a primary scorer, who can score efficiently, the Raptors offense and everyone from Norman Powell to Fred Van Vliet, everyone who creates or doesn't create will benefit from the space that Siakam's brilliance provides. And it just, it was missing in this game. And that's a, a, a learning curve and a growing pains of having Siakam a young guy stepping into his first year as superstardom. So does it suck that the Raptors lost to a division rival? Yeah, totally it does. Does it suck that they've lost three games in a row? Yes, sir. That uh, And have some of the performances been a little uninspired? Yes. The Raptors certainly don't have an identity problem, though, and they're going to get back on track. They'll return to form. Things will come around, and the ceiling of this team is definitely not one 
without Kyle Lowry or Serge Ibaka. They're reintegrating. There's some hiccups, but the Raptors, the the team that is there right now, the roster, represents a much higher ceiling than without those two players. And I'm excited to see when they finally put it together. It's a long season. The Reggie Evans Award goes to OG Ananobi. For obvious reasons, I thought he was the best player for the Raptors tonight. He was a hawk on defense. He was a terror on ball. And he had a couple end-to-end plays. I just I thought he did a great job pressing the back end of the 76ers defense and being a monster on the front end of the Raptors offense. I just I was really impressed with his overall play tonight and there's no wonder why he was able to get the second double-double of his career tonight and snatch four steals, put up 19-10, 2 and 4. It was just a brilliant overall night and stat line from OG. It was really really encouraging and being the defending champions, knowing that the Raptors are good, a loss like this is a lot easier to take in when you get to see guys like OG Ananobi play like this. That's what makes these games fun. And knowing that OG Ananobi's tomorrow is brighter than today, and that keeps overlapping and overlapping until he becomes a truly special player and one that plays for the Raptors. There's no Mitchell Robinson award tonight. I don't feel as though Anything particularly villainous has happened, and I'm fine with that, as I usually am. I'm happy when there's no villainous acts in the game. And the top quick reaction comment from Niagara underscore dude. End of the day, this is not college basketball, and you're not going to beat good quality teams with dual mini point guard lineups. Let's hope Fred is fine and Nurse scraps that lineup. This is the NBA, and you need size. Tired of watching Fred and Kyle under basket on switches against guys 8 to 9 inches taller. I suppose I'd agree if the Raptors had been killed when Fred and Kyle shared the floor in this one, or if he was healthy for the whole game, but he wasn't. The Raptors got killed on the bench minutes in this one, and that was because Fred was gone, I thought, and I I don't think the dual point guard lineup was a problem in this one because it objectively wasn't. I mean, the Raptors lost in other places. The Raptors won a championship playing a dual point guard lineup it happened just last year and Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry just because you know he didn't always start next to Kyle Lowry doesn't mean they didn't play a ton of minutes together they've always played a lot of minutes together it's been a big part of Fred Van Vliet's game is how well he compliments Lowry and for Lowry to get back to being more of an attacker this year where he was very passive for his own offense last year is because Fred Van Vliet has been on ball and allowing Lowry to come off screens and do pin downs and all that. So I, I, I'm I, not sure if I agree with that. I Maybe overall, but I don't think you can say that this game was an example of that. I disagree with that wholeheartedly, to be honest. But if you're making the case that dual point guard lineups will be what the Raptors will crumble under and that will be the reason why they're bad or lose the playoff series... I'm not so sure. You could end up being right, definitely. But for this game, I don't think that this was the case. I actually think that Fred's presence missing from the lineup was a big deal because the Raptors weren't able to play their two-point guard lineup and had to settle for Norman Powell in the starting lineup instead. I thought that that was a bit of a stinker for the Raptors. Um, yeah, I I just disagree with that, I think. The Raptors have certainly hit higher ceilings than this with Van Vliet and Lowry both sharing the floor. And uh, 
I I don't think that this was a representation of that. Maybe other games. I'm I'm not so sure I'm seeing that though. But if if you want the case to be made that the Raptors need a better bench unit and you want Fred moved to the bench to help uphold that unit, then I think that makes sense. That's a viable argument. But saying that the Raptors two point guard lineup isn't good. I I don't know where that comes from because I think Lowry and Van Vliet have hundreds if not thousands of minutes together that seem to indicate that they are a, a good pairing a very good pairing usually as well so I'm not so sure about that one but if you're well I don't know if this is um, more pessimistic about Lowry or Van Vliet I'm not sure who you have a problem with but um, yeah I disagree with that and uh, that's okay because uh, there's a lot of room for a lot of opinions in basketball and I've been wrong before, and I could certainly be wrong now, but that's that's how I feel about that. Thank you very much for commenting that, though, and I'm glad to have your opinion, and um, I hope you're proven right, and I hope that Van Vliet goes to the bench then, and the Raptors become really good, or if you wanted Van Vliet to start, and you wanted Lowry on the bench, or a trade, if any of those things happen, whatever you want, and the Raptors become better, that's awesome, and I hope you're correct, because... When people have, you know, the route or the trail to winning and that gets followed, that's that's always good. So I hope you're right, and I hope that the Raptors win more games because of it. Thank you very much for listening. Whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night, I've been Samson Folk. Have a blessed day, and goodbye. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply.